Okay, everyone, let's, uh, let's get started. Uh, is there a motion to approve the agenda? Motion. Is there a second? Second. Any discussion? Uh, seeing none, all those in favor That say was Stefan Fletcher. He is a graduate student at Michigan State University who is actually from England. While that is interesting, perhaps a more interesting fact is that he has been president of the Council of Graduate Students for four consecutive years, the most of any president in the council's history. He has earned the respect of his peers, colleagues, and administrators. You've done while you're part of COGS to make Michigan State a better place. I want to thank you as well for what you'll do beyond the borders of the campus to help us assure that the reputation of Michigan State gets better. But his presidency has reached its end as first-year graduate student Emily Bank takes over after being elected in early March. Okie dokie, uh, Emily Bank. From the movie 300, only the hard and strong may call themselves Spartans. Only the hard and only the strong. My name is Emily Bank, and thank you for your time and consideration during this election period. The position of president for the Council of Graduate Students is a unique opportunity to have a positive impact and benefit and make beneficial changes for graduate and professional students. I followed Stefan around for a bit to get an understanding of what being president of graduate student government is really like. His day is scheduled minute to minute as he meets with administrators, students, peers, representatives, and his staff. Each day is certainly different than the next, and each day has its challenges. Now, to get a full, complete understanding of what a day in the life might be, as well as looking at the past four years of his presidency, I invited Stefan into the studio. We also included Emily to get a feel for what direction the council is headed. Lastly, I invited Director of Student Health Education at Olin Health Center, Dennis Martell, to join the discussion. He is actually a COGS alum and served as president for two years. As I talked to this group, I realized how intricate student government and its responsibilities really are. Emily Bank, president of COGS. Uh, Stefan Fletcher, former president of COGS. Uh, Dr. D, Dennis Martell, former, former president of COGS. 20 years ago. So first off, Stefan, welcome to the studio. Oh, thank you very much. It's an exciting time in your life, is it? Uh, it's uh, it's certainly an exciting time, mm. certainly a time of uh, a transition is, is, is what I would say. Uh, having spent uh, a few years uh, being involved with the, the group, uh, certainly going to be different mm -hmm. uh, going forward. How has it been these last four years? You've been president of the Council of Graduate Students. It's been uh, it's been surprisingly quick. I mean, time goes by very very quickly, and uh, you can get uh, wrapped up in in you know issues and concerns and ideas and excitement, and before you uh, you know it, uh, it has gone by like a flash. Uh, I remember. Uh, the very first day in, in, in 2010 after uh, I was elected and even the first day I got to MSU in 2008. Uh, and um, it, it's just gone by so very quickly uh, from, from that point onwards. And Dennis, we also have another seasoned veteran with us today. This is Dennis Martel. He currently works for Olin Health Center on campus, but he was involved in the Council of Graduate Students as well. Would you like to tell us about your history? Well, I don't know. You if can keep I, out I, the I, bad part. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if we have an hour, but uh, <laughs> I actually was involved with COGS for six years. I was a representative uh, from the College of Human Ecology, then I was parliamentarian, then elected president for three years, and then I served as parliamentarian for another two years. So, it, the time when I was with COGS was was a very transitional time. I mean, there's a there's a history of COGS that goes back several years, and. Th I happened to take over during a tumultuous time when there was a, uh, 
uh, it was uh, an embezzlement allegation, and we had to go through a lot of trials and tribulations with that, and that before my time, <laughs> before my time, and so the, it was a lot of. But we also uh, uh, we had uh, the issues of uh, graduate uh, health insurance. We had the issues of uh, tuition waivers. We had the issues of a union. It was a very, very uh, tumultuous time, and. Uh, if I had known all the issues that we were going to get involved in then, then I, then I know what we went through now. I'm not sure I would have ran mm -hmm. uh, because it is, you know, uh, it was a time of, took a lot of energy. It took a lot of energy and a lot of time to be involved in. And uh, uh, like Stefan, I, uh, uh, it went by fast. Mm -hmm. It did go by fast in six years. And it was like, whoa, all the issues we dealt with. Right. And now we're transitioning into Emily Bank, who's the new president of COGS. So Emily, you've had a rough day in which a lot of people say congratulations, but condolences because of this position. But first, <laughs> how are you feeling? I mean, you just got you know this exciting new position of being elected as president. I'm very excited for this opportunity, especially because it's an opportunity to start fresh mm -hmm. since we have had a seasoned veteran in the position <laughs> for so long. Um, so I think it's a great opportunity to bring a fresh perspective to mm -hmm. the table. Mm -hmm. And you started with the Associated Students of Michigan State University. Just mm -hmm. last year you finished up there. So how are you taking you know, your skills learned in uh, undergraduate student government as well as this first year of graduate student government finished and now into this elected position as a second year graduate student? Sure. So it's um, it's been a a, a good transition, I think, so mm -hmm. far. I think that my work with ASMSU has definitely helped, especially my experience within academic governance, um, has assisted a lot. I already I have relationships built with um, some administrators and some of COGS's partners already, so I think that has definitely helped. Mm -hmm. And it's interesting because you've all talked about, you know, some exciting parts of COGS as well as some difficult parts, but I think it's still unique in that you still serve, you still commit to these different duties. So, Stefan, what kept you for four years? <laughs> I, um, I, I learned a lot from my colleagues in the Big Ten at times when I, when I got to visit their campuses, and um, there's a quote that will always stick with me. Uh, when I got the opportunity to go to the University of Illinois a couple of years ago, um, uh, the president there at the time said that public service is a calling, and when it calls you, uh, that you shouldn't, you should always heed that call. And uh, I guess I've always looked at this opportunity as as, as public service rather than anything uh, else. And I think what drove me a lot was trying to get a, a high level of visibility for graduate and professional students on the campus. Mm -hmm. uh, there are. Uh, uh, 12,418 uh, mm -hmm. of them as of fall of 2012 and, and I think the more people that are aware that this isn't 5% of the population, this isn't 6%, this is near enough 25% of mm -hmm. the population uh, who contributes one heck of a lot uh, to the academic reputation of the institution as well as it, its, its overall mission. Um, that always drove me to, rem to remind me these folks are extremely talented. They have their own unique set of needs and anything that I could do uh, to help that out, working with people to make sure those needs are both heard and met, uh, uh, that drove me, I, I think, a lot. Very inspiring, I have to say. And for Dennis, you've been now in the university, you know, in this public service role since your time as a graduate student. So why do you do it, and why did you pursue it beyond your education? So what you're saying is I went to the dark side, right? You went to the dark side. <laughs> no, not at all. I'm just curious. You know, I'm like Stefan, and I have to say, I, I've admired Stefan's leadership. Uh, he's very a well thought out, articulate, uh, 
goal-oriented, and, and, and I praise you for that. And, and Emily, I, I wish you the best, too. And when I say condolences, I say that because it does take a lot of work, and it takes a lot of energy, and you will have to know how to navigate the politics of MSU, and, and, and there are politics, and people shy away from that, con that concept, but politics is truly the art of negotiation, and that's what it's about. And, and I think Stefan has raised the level of awareness of grad students, and I appreciate that, too, because that's why I went into it. Mm -hmm. you know. And the, the, the quote that's always been with me is, the greatest purpose in life is to give service to others. And so that's why I served you know, at the time. Uh, I wasn't nearly as articulate as well-dressed as Stefan was. <laughs> <laughs> but and, and you know and I had I had some I had some uh, leadership uh, ideas about certain populations that drove me into it. You know, Emily came from an ASMSU background. I came from the disability movement. You know, and my first couple of years at at the university was we served on what was then the student council, which is no longer. And and from there it was a national it was a natural transition. But coming into the uh, the administrator role here now is, uh, you know, there's things I've had to deal with. There is baggage from being an advocate uh, and and having to, you know, I did a radio show on KR with the president not too long ago, and she asked me a question about a certain topic, and I said, well, it's not right of me to really kind of challenge you on the air, and she says, why would I have changed in the 30 years I've known you? Because you, know, <laughs> you have to challenge certain uh, uh, individuals, and when you switch over to the other side, to the uh, to the uh, being an administrator, you deal with some of that baggage, but you also have to form new relationships. Because as a student, you have the most power. The student voice is the most powerful voice on this campus, and that's the advice I would give you, Emily, is never forget that. Students can say what they want. As an administrator, I can say some things, but <laughs> I, have to, I have to be ready for the, the possible uh, payback on that. And that was my next question. What was that transition like, you know, being a, someone who fought for the student voice and then being an administrator who's, you know, working for the student voice as well as working for the university in general? Well, it gives you, it gives you both sides. Mm -hmm. you know, it gives you both sides of perspective. I've learned things as an administrator that I thought, well, you know, as a student, they don't know what they're talking about. You know, and now I, learn, I see the other side of it. Uh, it's not a difficult, it wasn't a difficult transition for me because I have quite the history here mm -hmm. at MSU and I got to know Dr. I've known Dr. Simon for 30 years. I've known just about most of the folks here and sometimes in an adversarial role and sometimes in a collaborative role. And so for me to transition over, but now having been in the service of COGS and having been a student voice, that's all I do. I mm -hmm. talk about the student voice and you know, in any, every meeting I'm in, I talk about what do the students want. And so that's given me both sides. So mm -hmm. the transition wasn't difficult. It just makes you want to even serve more for students. What would do you wish you would have known as a student, you know, in your role with the Council of Graduate Students that you know now, perhaps? Uh, there are different reasons why people do different things. Mm -hmm. uh, I think your biggest challenge, Emily, and I know Stefan did a great job, is managing the characteristics and personalities that are the university. I once had a, uh, I once knew a gentleman by the name of Dominic Jacobetti. He was a representative of the Upper Peninsula, a very, we would call him the godfather of the UP. He served down here in Lansing, and he said to me one time, Dennis, if you can navigate the politics of MSU, you'll have no problem downtown. None. <laughs> None. There, there is a lot of politics here, and don't think of it as a negative concept. Mm -hmm. It is, by anthropological uh, you know, renderings, Politics is the art of negotiation. It's about how to negotiate with people for the things that you think your population want. 
You know, once it was once said by uh, Rosalind Carter that a leader is someone who takes people where they want to go, but a good leader is someone who takes people where they don't necessarily want to go but need to be. And so you have to decide, I think, many times and for student leaders, I say you have to decide what kind of leader you want to be. Mm -hmm. right. And now, Emily, again, what kind of things are you looking forward to in this position? Um, I'm looking forward to the service leadership aspect mm -hmm. of the position. So serving graduate students because they have such unique needs compared to undergraduates. And I think um, that one thing that I'm going to try and work on is creating a stronger sense of community among graduate students because um, they're oftentimes isolated within their departments or within mm -hmm. their colleges. So hosting events where graduate students can come together and have a community, we already have many of those. Um, but just creating a welcoming environment where mm -hmm. graduate students can get to know each other. And having almost finished <laughs> your first year of graduate school, have you been surprised by kind of what it was like being a graduate student? Um, I, I, it's everything I expected okay. it to be, I think. Mm -hmm. Um, and I've had great mentors. I have two here with me with right now, um, who have helped me along the way and have given me guidance. Mm -hmm. So I appreciate that greatly. Thank you. And Stefan, looking back on your four years of leadership, what are you most proud about? I think if, if you looked thematically overall, I, I think the aim was to raise the visibility mm -hmm. of graduate and professional students and try and work a little bit on that sense of community, uh, that sense of uh, attachment and, and changing the, the belief that I heard when I first got here, which was as graduate students will always be just attached to their departments and graduate students will always be more attached to their undergraduate institution. Uh, I, I, I think that that is flawed. Uh, that logic and, and doesn't really give full credit to the set of experiences MSU has to offer uh, as well as what what does it mean mm -hmm. to be a graduate or professional student at Michigan State University and I think if uh, uh, you know we've tried to help shape that a little bit and put us on, on the foundation of doing that there, there are more specific accomplishments, the partnership with the credit union uh, and Dr. Shu in terms of expanding our conference grant program, uh, our outreach to the distance medical campuses who pay the COGS tax, but what does that mean when you're in Grand Rapids or Macomb or Detroit? How can you um, incorporate those groups of students uh, and, and allow them to, to still feel connected back to the MSU community. Mm -hmm. uh, so, so those are just a, a few things that I can think of. Mm -hmm. Let me comment on what I think his accomplishment is because when you invest six years in an organization and you really believe in graduate education, you're pretty critical about how an organization is run after you leave. Mm -hmm. and, and I've watched COGS over the 25 so, use and one of the things Stefan has done is he's he he's kept the graduate student agenda in the forefront you know there were many times during the years five years ten years back where I'd go Cogs isn't in the newspaper they're not in the agenda I don't hear them being talked about it's not and, and I would get upset because I've you know our agenda was keep them in the forefront keep the agenda in the forefront because whether you like it or not when you have a voice and you have the power behind that voice and you keep it in the forefront, you will get the attention. There are 2,500 different agendas on this campus, and they're all vying for the president, the provost, the board of trustees. And so you got to keep visible. you got to keep the voice visible. He's done that. I've seen it many times. And it's it's something that, because when I go into a meeting, they say, well, Stephen Fletcher said this. And I say, well, good. Good. I've heard it. So I use that. 
I used that voice, you know, and I was there when when you've talked about uh, things in your meetings. I've been to the meetings when you, I'm going, yes, he's talking about this issue needs to be brought up because if it's not, then you're you're on the back burner. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I mean, I, it, you know, just to emphasize that Dennis's point in, in general terms, you know, it, it is very, very easy, especially on a campus that is, you know, predominantly undergraduate focused for grad, the graduate professional students to have their agenda be pushed far enough down the table. And if you're not in meetings with the president, the provost, the vice presidents, you're nowhere. And mm-hmm. that's a fact. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if you're not being firm with them, having frank discussions with them, uh, you're wasting your time and their time. Oh, absolutely. And on that same note, how have you grown during this four years? And how have has that ability to confront, to have those, you know, meaningful conversations improved? Uh, I I think you know the you know when when we just had the the elections the group talked about uh, the 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 council talked about the importance of having a stability and consistency so the group has benefited from having a few vice presidents who have been with the group three or four years who have been able to move things through like a discounted parking permit program with East Lansing, mm-hmm. the childcare endowment with the university. Uh, all of these bits and pieces are done through relationships. Can you create the credibility as an advocate? Uh, can you, you know, not always, I mean, let us be frank, you're there for the graduate and professional students, but you have to work with, very frankly, uh, the administration and, and in a way that is, uh, how do I put, I put it, as an undergraduate, it's almost like respectful advocacy. Mm-hmm. You understand your role, you understand their role, uh, but you're there for your constituents. And I'd say probably the ability to have those frank discussions over time and be uh, um, more, uh, you know, just candid in terms mm-hmm. of the dialogue is certainly w- one thing that's that's developed over time because you have that relationship. You know uh, uh, that you can afford to have these conversations uh, on behalf of the people that you're there to serve. Mm. I like that. I like that a lot. Respectful advocacy. Okay. Uh, and Emily, you talked a lot about, you know, trying to bridge that gap and unite, you know, graduate students in general, just kind of that feeling, that welcoming feeling. So for you, how do you feel that'd be beneficial in the long run? Uh, I think that um, anything that can connect graduate students more to their graduate institution would be beneficial since Stefan pointed out that graduate students tend to have a stronger connection with their undergraduate institution. Mm-hmm. Um I think the, it's, I mean, I went to MSU for both my undergraduate and my graduate, so I have to kind of approach it from a different perspective. Um, but I think that it is important because when you come to MSU, you're a Spartan when you're here, but you're also a Spartan when you leave. So remembering where you came from and just because MSU is such a great place that you have a, an entire community of thousands and thousands of Spartans around you that you can connect with in the future. So I think just building that sense of community is imperative. Mm -hmm. And what do you feel are going to be challenges during your term? Um, I think because there has been such consistency on the executive board with members who have been here for so long and there is a, um, we have a lot of fresh blood on our new executive (laughs) board, it's going to be rebuilding those relationships, Mm -hmm. but also continuing the relationships that have already been built. So um, I think that's something that all members of the executive board are going to have to work towards. Mm -hmm. 
And uh, Dennis, with your experience at Michigan State and also just in administration in general, how important is that institutional memory to keep and to sustain as well as, you know, add in and build? It's, it's incredibly important. I mean, uh, I think Emily's challenge is quite significant. I mean, when you have, you know, uh, just an editorial in the State News or in the Lancet State Journal yesterday about how we have a transient population here. And not only does the population have to embrace you as a leader and the organization as a leader, but you also have to have the institution. I'm not going to tell you there's not people up there that are going, hmm, Stefan's gone. Okay. Uh, <laughs> let's push the agenda back because we got, we, got a new, we got new blood as the leadership. And okay. And there are so many student groups on campus too that are vying for the attention that, you know, if they see sounds bad. They see weakness in one organization. They can go forward and push their agenda for it. They will do that. You know, it's, it's student groups. And I think the graduate landscape has changed, mm -hmm. you know, and uh, I hope my colleagues don't critique me too much on saying this, but what, 25 years ago, I think being accepted into graduate school is a little different. You know, it was, uh, I, you know, uh, I sometimes think that some of the graduate students nowadays suffer from what I call graduate, uh, graduate education maturity. You know, there's a lot of undergrads who just go right into grad school now, and it's not like, it's not like it's back 25 years ago. It's, I got accepted into grad school at MSU, and now it's like I think I'll go to grad school because I can't get a job. You know, and you know where I see a difference. You know, and I see a lot of my students who are graduating from undergrad saying, I think you know, I think maybe I'll go to grad school. Like, like it's nothing. Mm -hmm. Like it's just an alternative, and you know, that hurts their chances of actually succeeding. I sit on a lot of, uh, of uh, master's and, and doctoral uh, committees right now, and I'm sitting on some of the orals and stuff, and I sat on one the other day, and I was like, really? That's, that's what you got out of your master's? And, and there was nothing to the quality that I would have seen in the past. Having said that, there's a lot of graduate students out there right now who you know really feel good about being in grad school, but there's been a difference. I mean, we're, there's even a difference between master's and doctoral students. There's a whole lot of difference between being a master's student and a doctoral student. I mean, just to the point we're now asking questions that are separating, you know, doctoral students from master's students because it's a different experience. Mm -hmm. so. Yeah, and, and even even the, the difference that, that I've seen between professional students and uh, graduate yes. students as, as, as well, there are differences uh, there in a different set of uh, issues that those populations uh, uh, tend to bring up as priorities over time. What might some of those issues be, just out of curiosity? So, uh, uh, you know, at least during my, my time during law school, um, I'd say that the law students and the professional students have always been very heavily into uh, what's the connection with the athletics department? What is athletics about? You know, very, very focused on that. The, the medical students were the first to ask, well, wait, what about this graduate and professional student seating section and how come we don't have seats mm. in that? And, and, you know, we worked to, to expand that with, with, with athletics and, and they were great partners on it. For, for graduate students, for, for doctoral students on, on the one hand, uh, I think you see a lot more focus on family mm. issues, on, on, you know, on childcare, on what does the academic program look like? The, the, you know, it, 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 it's just a, a different feeling and a different focus mm -hmm. is, is what I would say. 
Um, you know, being in the College of Education now as opposed to the College of Law is, is just very different in terms of the orientation mm. is, and the welcome is, is just, just a shade different. I mean, in the College of Education, it's a lot more, uh, you know, cookies and snack lists and uh and everyone's <laughs> emily knows this you know it, it's a lot more of a, a that, that community feel it, it, in the law college it was a, a bit different there's still a community but there's there is a, a little bit more of a competitive bent to it uh that that, that is there despite we, what we all say because especially after um, the recession uh, it turned into only the top percentage were getting you know into legal jobs and and, and what happens after after that so there might be a competitive cookie bake-off rather than a combined snack uh, I, I can only hope there is a competitive <laughs> cookie bake-off and I can only be hoping that I will be a judge <laughs> <laughs> excellent um, let me see I had one more thought when you were saying that oh um, another I remember talking with you one time and another issue you brought up which was really interesting was graduate students and their ability to meet other graduate students the dating scene it's very unique uh, you can both touch on this I think it's an important not necessarily issue but initiative and um, kind of I guess topic that you've looked into as a council of graduate students yeah I, I think uh, I, I think and Dennis has, has more data than, than I do and he's <laughs> he's more of a, the, the guru in terms of the numbers what, what I can tell you is the sense that that, that I've got is that the, the the relationship aspect with graduate students, whether it be friendships with other students or whether it be actual relationships with, with, with other students, there is a desire at the graduate level to have that. And there can at times be, you know, a question of, well, where can I go to get that sense of connection with people? If my department is four or five people, how do I get outside of that to look for new friends or a partner or, or, or whatever else? And I think, you know, every year I get asked at least two times, you know, could COGS do a speed dating event? <laughs> uh, uh, and, uh, you know, you, you see the... Uh, uh, you just get a sense out there that, uh, um, and we, we haven't done it, sadly, uh, uh, or, or, or whatever, but you do get a sense that there is a, a yearning for that and a space that could be filled mm -hmm. in terms of making those connections uh, uh, even more. Mm -hmm. Any thoughts on that, Emily? Um, I think that graduate students are looking for those relationships because they want their own support system in mm. uh, someone to help them get them through the rough times and graduate students are under a lot of stress to succeed mm. and move forward in that next step so I think that it's critical that we have events like that or continue to build mm. some kind of support system and help students build relationships with others. Dennis exposure. We wanted to hit on this topic. <laughs> Just this is a transitional point. <laughs> no, 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 there was a transitional there. Uh, you know, and we've talked, actually, Emily and I and Stefan met a couple weeks ago, and we talked about some of the health needs of graduate students, you know, and mental health is, mm -hmm. is on the top of my list. Uh, and I say that because not one thing that hasn't really changed a lot, and, and it's a uh, 
one of those topics that really upper administration doesn't like to talk too much about is the academic environment for grad students and how the department and or the uh, college and or professors or committees make it really rough on grad students sometimes. Uh, in some cases, it's necessary because there has been a change, I think, in some of the academic maturity of students, not necessarily in doctoral students, but I see in master's students. But it's, it's still sometimes what I would characterize as hostile. Uh, in academic departments. So I think grad students of anything, they want a sense of belonging. Mm -hmm. You know, most students, mo almost any student wants to feel like they belong here. Mm -hmm. You know, and some students will come here for a graduate education, just want to get that education, get out of here, and will never call themselves a Spartan. Let's, let's acknowledge that. But I've been around enough, and I've been to the peanut barrel enough, and I've been to <laughs> other places where grad students hang out. And I did a lot of that in those six years because you heard a lot from grad students in different places where they could congregate and be feel like they belong mm -hmm. and have support systems and stuff. It's hard. If you're a grad student and you're a, a single grad student with no family, and you're a little older, it's really tough. Mm -hmm. I mean, it gets very lonely. Spending, you know, my wife used to say when uh, we were just married, I was doing my dissertation, I'd spend eight hours a day in, you know, in a room locked away on a typewriter mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> do, doing my dissertation, and she was like, I'm not even married, you know. So yeah. it's that, that sense of belonging, that sense of connection, everybody needs it. Mm -hmm. I mean, we're going to see that in the new data we're collecting, that we're asking grad students, do they feel like they, they have a sense of belonging? And I think it's going to come up that a lot of them don't. Yeah, I remember. I you know I remember being in law school the first day during the orientation period, and we'll go you know, and um, they actually brought up uh, law school spouses uh, during the orientation, and, and they talked about their challenges wow. of uh, dating or being married to a first year law student. It was a, a real eye opener, uh, um, and then you hear from doctoral students, as, as Dennis uh, pointed out, who are in their labs until two a.m. and then they get up and they're awake at you know six a.m. in the morning and they're, and they're leaving, and that they have a difficulty of maintaining those relationships. Uh, but I just always think about um, the student parents as well, who uh, have all, you know the larger family group and, and how much of a challenge uh, that must be as as, as well. I know a lot of times when we get into new positions, we get so excited at what the agenda is at the beginning. But what I really like to do is kind of take a step back and look into the way future. So what I want to do is ask each of you kind of what are your future plans? And Dennis, you are included in this because your future plans are still existent. I'm just <laughs> That's called retirement. <laughs> <laughs> but I guess first we'll start with Dennis. You know, what do you hope to accomplish before retirement? And maybe not even accomplish, but experience. You know, we're, we're working on a concept now where we want to uh, give students the opportunity, both grads and undergrads, to connect before they even get here. You know, the, the concept is called Connect to Belong, which, you know, we, we, try, to, we try to have students uh, feel like they're a Spartan and we go through some academic rotation. But really, you know, we have, these, we have all these uh, new social media mechanisms to connect people and we I want to do that here I, I want to be able to have freshmen and incoming grad students and transfer students connect to belong before they even get here uh, have them fill a profile so that they can connect to the 500 some student groups or the communities out there because I, I'm convinced looking at the research and looking at the data that the biggest health issue we have nowadays is students don't feel connected don't feel like they belong you know 10 years ago I would ask students 20 years ago I'd ask students do you feel a sense of community here at MSU? And I think MSU has done, tried to do wonders with neighborhoods and engagement centers and stuff to try to connect students. But if you don't 
feel like you belong here and you don't feel like you connect, that's a red flag. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, in my couple of years, or maybe even a couple of months before I move on to something else in my life, I want to see if we can find a way to do that. Mm-hmm. And for you, Stefan, what's next as you finish your presidency? Uh, well, uh, I think uh, um, just in the short term, uh, uh, you know, uh, it's a lot of transition meetings with, with Emily and, uh, uh, you know, that, that'll be uh, a kind of a, a good experience. And then uh, beyond that, uh, my faculty advisor, Marilyn Amy, would say dissertation, dissertation, yeah. <laughs> dissertation. Uh, so um, I'm hoping to uh, uh, graduate probably in summer or fall of next year and, uh, you know, keep on uh, uh, using some of the, the skills and, and some of the, the passion, I guess, for, for service that's built up over over the years and seeing where, where that takes me. Uh, as a career later on. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm very, very appreciative of, of Michigan State giving me and the students giving me the opportunity to to serve mm-hmm. uh, um, because, you know, a guy from England coming over and, and you know, <laughs> and now it's uh, it, it's been just a, a tremendous experience meeting so many different people mm-hmm. and uh, keeping those connections still and maintaining those friendships that build up through your time on COGS uh, um, and seeing where people's lives go as well. Mm-hmm. All of that is just uh, hopefully in my future. So. See, Emily, that, that's the trick you need. You need to come up with an accent. So you can have an accent <laughs> yes. and that'll throw them off base. They just won't and, know what to do. And please don't do the Mary Poppins British yeah. accent, Emily. <laughs> I've heard that so much. <laughs> and Stefan, what is your dream job? If you dream job. If I could pick... No limits. Um, I would ultimately either like to be a university president uh, or involved in... Uh, public like government of some mm-hmm. degree mm-hmm. Uh, whether that's you know elected office or whether it's working as uh, uh, you know as a chief of staff something that uses that that again that passion for service that I, I really uh, feel uh, would be I, I think excellent and something that I'd love to love to do later on so. and Emily you told me last year in a conversation that you dreamed of being a provost of maybe even Michigan State University and I just remember that moment so well and when I heard you got president I just smiled really big to myself I said she's on her way Uh, but I'm curious now if that's still your dream job and what you want to do in the future um I I I think that's Stefan Stefan stole my idea (laughs) (laughs) competition um, I have switched transitioned from wanting to be a provost to being a president hopefully in the near future um and I think short-term goals for me would definitely be getting to know the new executive board of COGS and the new full council. And first and foremost, hearing the ideas that the full council has and hitting the ground running with mm-hmm. those ideas and getting them involved. Because yes, it is the executive boards. They have the meetings and they have those face-to-face interactions with administrations. But it, I feel like if a student has an idea, they have a right to meet with the administrator. So I. I would help them get to that point, and I just want their voices to be heard. Mm-hmm. Um, other Outside of COGS, I think I would like to do what most other um, graduate students want to do. I want to participate in conferences and professional development opportunities mm-hmm. and um, just get to know other people outside of my department, so continuing that in my second year mm-hmm. here. 
I think it's important to know that the people who do lead this university and have so much passion for service that's not deflating but inflating as they progress are real people too. <laughs> not just big heads making decisions but interacting and really fighting for what students want and what they believe. So with that, I applaud you. But before that, any final thoughts? No, I think, Emily, that uh, we're all going to wish you the best. Mm -hmm. uh, keep your values uh, on your shirt sleeves. Uh, keep your goal in sight and uh, keep your humor up front uh, because it, it is about service, but you can't lose yourself in it. You can lose yourself. You can become starstruck. You can become power sidetracked. Just keep your goals in front and keep your uh, values on your sleeves. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I you know, don't think, but I, I know Emily will do a very, very fine job as, as COGS president, having worked with her a little bit. Uh, uh, on the e-board and having known her for a, a lot longer than that and seeing how much I think uh, respect she's already accrued in the academic governance environment and, and critically among uh, uh, some of the senior administration too. Uh, you know, I, I think the, the, the final thought I'd have, and, and it's something that, you know, I, I've been thinking of the last month as it's there, is the work that COGS does can't be accomplished without a heck of a lot of partners and partnerships that have accrued. I mean, if, uh, you know, the, the, the budget we have, uh, we're very grateful for. But, you know, if you think about the amount of the, the academic conference that COGS hosts, uh, the work that we do on, on the Appreciation Week, uh, you know, every single person that has partnered with COGS from Vice President Maybank, uh, through to graduate student life and wellness, through to Olin. I mean, it really does take a team effort uh, to get things done. And uh, I think I've, I've just become, uh, you know, in the, in the final month, very, very uh, appreciative mm -hmm. of uh, everyone's efforts in that regard. Uh, because the, the graduate student population is lucky to have, uh, I think, a few, uh, uh, you know, there are, there, are, there are a lot of partners, a lot of supporters, and then there are key advocates mm -hmm. for graduate education on this campus. Uh, Dennis is a good example of one. Uh, if you look at uh, uh, what I call the, uh, the, the, you know, Dennis's long support of the food bank and the impact uh, that the food bank has on graduate students, that is a critical example. If you look at Karen Complarence, uh, she is uh, uh, a heck of an advocate mm -hmm. yes. for grad and professional students, make no mistake. Uh, uh, that she is one of the, the unsung, uh, kind of behind-the-scenes uh, folks who gets a lot of stuff uh, done. So uh, I just want to thank all those people who have been partners with COGS, who've advocated for grad and professional students uh, during, during my time. Any final thoughts, Emily? Um, along the lines of what Stefan said, thank you to all of our partners, but also thank you for um, the service and your dedication, Dennis and Stefan, to COGS. Graduate students would not be where they are today at MSU without your dedication and uh, your service and your leadership. Um, and I'm just looking forward to what COGS will accomplish this next year. Well, many congratulations to these three people, as well as much good luck. Thank, Thank you. you. Thanks, Abby. Thank you.